Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, are you ready for the word this morning? Amen. 2 Corinthians, turn to 2 Corinthians for me. Let's just jump right in. Starting at chapter 10, it's kind of our foundational verse. I'm, I'm hoping that you have it known or memorized by now. We're in part four of our series called Unpack Your Bags. And we're really just looking in the word of God to find out the truth of the principles that we can apply to our life that enabling us to travel free, to live free as God intended. We have a great destination uh, that God has laid out for us. He's got a good plan for our life. Uh, The journey even can be enjoyable and pleasant. It's not for so many of us, but not because of the journey or the destination, but because of the things that we pick up along the way. We say baggage, that's what the word we're using in our series. And I think a lot of times we haven't we carry so much stuff because we haven't learned how to properly let those go. And so the Bible is full of a lot of great things for life, but in particular, it gives us a lot of things and truths that we can find in the scripture, enabling us to walk free from the things that we've picked up and held on to. And so 2 Corinthians is our starting place. Let's take a look at that scripture again this morning, uh, chapter 10. Uh, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Now we're dealing with things here on the earth, of course. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say divine power. There's something more available to you and I, and that's when we engage in natural things with the spiritual that is provided through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that divine power enables us to demolish, say demolish, utterly destroy, not just push aside, give you a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a break, utterly destroy, the Bible says strongholds are things that have a strong hold on your life. That's our biblical word for baggage. So there's divine power available for you and I to destroy the baggage that we've picked up in our life. It goes on to say, we demolish arguments and every pretension or claims that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we need to have a better working knowledge of God because that's where our power, divine power, comes from to demolish the things that have a stronghold in our life. So we need to constantly be putting the word of God in us and we need to have new thoughts. We can't have the thoughts that the world has. We need new thoughts and our new thoughts need to be full of the knowledge of God. So that's the point of the series, trying to give us some new thoughts that we can use that line up with the knowledge of God, enabling us through the power of the word to demolish the things that have a stronghold in our life or to get rid of the baggage that we carry around. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about the bag that just won't let go. It just won't let go. You keep picking it back up. It's with you all the time. It's that we get saved and, and, and the, the blood of Jesus cleanses us and all of a sudden, but we have this one bag that we keep pulling around with us wherever we go, it seems like. What do we do with that one area that we keep struggling with? And since we can't let it go, sometimes it seems like we start saying things like this. Maybe God put it there. Can I tell you, God didn't put bad things in your life and he doesn't do that. Can I tell you right now? Don't give that over to God. That's not true. That's a lie. God didn't put it there. He's not there to teach you something. My wife and I had this discussion the other day. Someone that she knew had made these comments about God trying to teach him something. And I'm like, that's, God doesn't do that. We know his character and his nature. He's a good God. Amen. He's a faithful God. Has good for your life. He wants you to live and walk free. Or we'll say things like this. Maybe I'm just that way. Maybe that's just the way it is. Or maybe there's no solutions. Can I say there's always hope in Jesus? There's always an answer, amen? And so because we feel that way at times with this same bag, we we tend to learn to cope with it. We learn to live with it. And I'm here to tell you, that's not God's best. 
You know what God's best is? 2 Corinthians 10 says, demolishing the stronghold in your life, not learning how to cope with it or live with it, but to demolish it through his divine power. And God wants to set us free from whatever that bag is. And so uh, I, want, I want us to understand something because this is so important because we'll come to services like this today and we'll enter into praise and worship, which was wonderful, and we'll sit into the word, and we'll be refreshed by friends, and we'll find things like this. We'll say, uh, forgive me, God, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not gonna pick that up again. And when we walk out the door, we pick that bag up with us and keep going on. Or maybe that bag's waiting in our car and has the car running, it's nice and warm, got the AC on or whatever, got the heater on, right? It's got a nice little beverage or whatever, but it's like, it's right there again. And so we come in and have these moments with God and that's great and our heart is pure when we wanna relinquish or let those things go and, but we walk right back into the same old, same old. And we're gonna talk about that this morning. How do we let those things go? Let's look at how to get rid of them once and for all. Romans 7, 15, let's take a look here is what it says. And this is the Apostle Paul writing and understand I love this because he's telling us he has baggage. The guy who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, I don't know about you but that's really comforting to me. And if Paul has baggage, I'm not so bad after all, I guess. And in fact, he struggles with some of the same things. He says this, I don't really understand myself, for I, don't, I, 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 for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I can't let some of these bags go. And I'm so thankful that he's honest because it does comfort me. And I love verses like that. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. The one thing we keep doing, but we don't wanna do. And let's start here. Let me help you recognize how important this is because really I believe there's a process or a cycle that if we don't learn how to let go of these bags will lead us to destruction. And so I want you to understand the cycle really quick. The first part of this is it becomes part of your identity. If you say I got this and it's not that big a deal, understand it becomes part of your identity where you don't even see it as a problem anymore. You see it as part of who you are. And it ought not be that way because that's not what God intended. He intended for you to live free. And we gotta understand. And so we'd say things like that. Well, my dad had a temper. My granddad had a temper. I mean, his dad before him. That's just kind of, you know, the Duncans, we just are quick tempered. I mean, it's the Scottish blood in us, right? And it's like, we say things like that. And that's not necessarily true. We're, we're believing a lie. Or it's just the women in my family are like this. It's just kind of how they've always been. That's just kind of the way we are. Or I, I just kind of like the ladies. That's just my personality. I don't mean anything by it necessarily. It's a part of who I am. And I don't think I could ever get rid of that or change. And my job in this series is to take the lies the devil has been telling you and show you the truth of God's word because that's a lie you can change because of the word of God, amen? Because my Bible says if anyone be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new, amen? God can set you free. But if you don't deal with it, you get into the second part. Number two is this. It, you feel increasingly hopeless. Over and over and over again, I come in, let my bag go, or leave my bag at the door. I come in, pick it up on my way out. I come in, leave it at the door, pick it up on the way out. And you just get to a place of hopelessness. The next part of the cycle would be this. You become defensive. Have you ever been there or someone been there? That they have an issue, they have a problem, some, some baggage, and they're actually now defending it. And you'll say things like, I don't really have a problem. It's not really a problem. It's not a problem for me. It's too bad it's a problem for you, not a problem for me. Or I could, I could stop this anytime I want. Or you don't know what I've been through. Don't act like you, don't act like you understand. You don't have a clue what I've been through. And I'm not trying to be ugly or whatever. I'm trying to be sensitive. We'll get to some of that in a little bit. But we can become defensive over our bag. Another, the next part of the cycle is you become a slave. 
It's a progression, then eventually become a slave. It starts telling you how to live your life. You make adjustments around it. You make adjustments, you live your life to accommodate it. I feel trapped, I feel trapped all the time. I feel overwhelmed by, by my debt. My, my credit card bill's overwhelming me, but I can't stop spending, or I can't stop living above my means. I have to go do this. And I, I know this is cheesy and corny, but when it comes to like credit card debt that's overwhelming, and we can't seem to break free from that, you realize that's why they call it the master card. <laughs> you become the servant. I mean, that's just the truth, that's reality. You can become a slave to that. So we need to get out of that bondage, amen? And then the last one, this one, you begin to lose your life. Ultimately, you begin to lose your life. What you begin doing is letting your dreams and your hopes die. You let your dreams and your hopes die that were once there. Even all the promises in God's word, you begin to say, you know they're there for everyone, just not me. And you think that you see and you think other people or you see other people celebrating and walking out the things of God and you think, well, that's great for them, but that's just not for me, I guess. And those are all lies. So you resign yourself to the fact that you'll never have what others have or what the word says that you can have. Let's look at Romans 6, 12 through 14. New Living Translation says this. Romans 6. Do not let, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin no longer is your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. How many of you are glad we are under the freedom of God's grace? Amen. Amen. His grace is sufficient no matter what you've done. None of us deserve it, but nonetheless, his grace is sufficient for you and I. There's freedom in the grace of God. So if we're not careful, we don't learn how to properly deal with that bag that we just can't seem to let go. There's this cycle of destruction that we'll walk through, but there's good news. Amen. Good news is that there's grace for you and I. And anything can control us if we don't deal with it properly. So how do we break free from the bag that we can't let go of? How do we do that? 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Let's start right here. Let's find our freedom from that bag that we can't seem to let go. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's a great scripture. You need to write that one down, put that on your mirror in your bathroom, on the refrigerator, in your car, whatever. But it says now, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Now the Lord is the spirit, capital S. That word spirit is not just God, distant God out in the heavenlies. That word spirit in the Greek literally means the breath of God that has power. It's the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. It means the breath of God that has power. In other words, it means a tangible presence of the Lord like the wind. It's another way it's described. How many of you guys remember the other day, there was such a windstorm. I mean, my patio furniture, everything was blown all over the place. It was so windy. You can't see the wind, but you know and you feel that it's there. That's this word here. It talks about the breath or wind of God that has power, a tangible presence of the Lord. This means that God literally shows up, amen? He literally shows up. He has a, he has a tangible presence like the wind. The God we serve as a breath, a wind of power, amen? To come and bring freedom in our lives. Now we sing that song and we quote that all the time, but the reality is it's a tangible presence of the Lord to bring you freedom. So what do we do? We create environments around here. 
so that you can experience the spirit, breath, wind, and power of God so you can find freedom. That's what our worship time is about. Oh, it's nice that we come in and sing songs. I really like that. Kind of just helps me settle a little bit, you know. I mean, I like that song, don't like that song. You know why we create that environment? Not for any of those reasons. We create the environment so you can experience the tangible presence, breath, wind, power of God to find freedom for your life. Freedom for your life. They do a great job up here, but listen, you gotta press in and receive that grace and freedom provided by God, amen, for your life. So you know why, uh, one of the reasons why we're bringing Daniel Eric Groves in on, fr- on Friday night, March 11th, with his gift, he has a strong gift of worship so we can experience the wind, breath, presence, power of God in a tangible way to bring greater freedom to our lives. So you need to make sure that you're here that Friday night and engage in the tangible presence of God, amen, and have freedom for what you've been walking through life with. Sunday morning, he's gonna be here that Sunday morning as well. Galatians 5.1 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Listen to the mission of Jesus. It is for freedom. His mission was to bring you and I freedom. Not to condemn us. It is to bring us freedom. Not to say, what were you thinking, you knucklehead? It's to bring you freedom. It's not to hold it against us. It's to bring us freedom, amen? That's his mission. So you and I don't have to carry that bag around or those bags around. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's the mission of Jesus to set you free. That's his role, power and freedom. Let me give you three things then to cooperate with the role of Jesus. Your role, if you will, to cooperate with his role, power and freedom. Number one, can the excuses can the excuses, and I don't mean this to be ugly or insensitive because I know the pain and the hurts are real. I know the brokenness is real. I know that whatever happened, whenever it happened that caused you to pick that bag up, I know that it hurt and cut you deeply. I know that, and so does God. But listen, at some point in time, at some point in time, enough is enough. I'm not trying to be ugly, but at some point in time, it's just got no more, no more. This has ruled my life for too long. At some point in time, you just gotta stop. I say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going there anymore. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Again, at some point in time, no more. This is it. Look what Jesus said in Luke 14, 18 through 20. Here's what Jesus said. He was trying to get them all to come and follow him, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I just bought a field. I need to go see it. Please excuse me. The second one said this, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. There's always gonna be reasons. There's always gonna be excuses. But if you want to experience freedom at some point, you have to say enough's enough. It's over today, and with God's help, I will and can find my freedom. Amen? I know that. Now, listen, I know. Again, I know those hurts and those pains are real, but I know the power of God is greater. Pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. I don't, but I know what he went through for your freedom. Let me give you this scripture, Philippians 4.13. I want us all to read this together. When I say go, start reading with me. Ready? Go. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let's read that again. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Again, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. But you don't know how long I've had this in my life. I don't, but I know I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You don't know what happened to me. I don't, but I know I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can't do it on my own. No, you cannot. 
but you can through him who gives you strength, amen? Through the power and person of Jesus Christ. So don't try and do it on your own. You can't. That's why he came. Remember his mission? To set you free because you couldn't set yourself free. But through him, in him, and through him and his word, you have divine power to demolish the strongholds or that which has a stronghold in your life, the baggage. You can do that. Enough is enough. You can do all this through him who gives you strength. We need to replace every lie you've been told with the truth. And the truth is you can do it through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. Number two, you need to cut the ties. Cut the ties. In other words, you can't leave here and go right back to the same thing. Because what happens is we'll wheel, you know, we got those nice little wheels and handles. We'll wheel our baggage up to the church. We'll get to the door. We'll open the door. We'll leave the bag right there. Open the door. Find our place. Enter into some worship. Experience God. We'll love the word. We'll speak to our heart and our life. We'll give in the offering. We'll pray. We'll extend our hands for babies that are being dedicated and families and believing for the sick to be healed. We'll walk right out, open the door, grab that bag by the handle again and take it right along with us. We've got to cut some things out of our lives, guys. And that might be hard, but listen, it's worth it. But that's going to cost me a lot. Well, it costs Jesus a whole lot more for your freedom. There's a higher price paid for your freedom than what it's going to cost you to walk free. I'm telling you, listen, some of us need to not go back to the same environments. We need to not go meet with the same people. We need to not engage in the same conversations. We need to not be watching the same things anymore. We need to do some things that are different. Why? Because our freedom's at stake. Because we're carrying bags around so long, we don't, we're never intended to be. And if you want freedom from it, you're gonna have to cut the ties of some of these. It might be relationships, it might be people, and you don't even need me standing here telling you, the Holy Spirit's been trying to tell you already. And listen, I'm just telling you that might be some relationships you don't need to be a part of. Let me say this, young ladies, if that young man is pressuring you into doing things that you're not supposed to do until after you're married, get your phone out right now and text him, I'm cutting the tie, Pastor Don said I could. All right, do it, do it. I'm telling you, cut the ties. They will pull you back in and keep that baggage in you. We need to look at our life and see what influences and what people are pulling us down. Some of us need to make some better decisions today before we leave, in the, even this, before we leave this place with relationships or things. Some of us need to leave our bags and leave them forever. Now pick them back up. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what ties you need to cut. Disconnect from the ties that are pulling you down. James 4, 7 says this. Let's take a look real quick. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. None of us have a problem with the submission part. I submit myself to God. I'm submitting to you, God. I'm here today. I've given you my time. I'm, I'm, but you know what? That resisting the devil part? You know, you can be submitted to God and not resist the devil and get pulled right back into that sin. Come on. You can be submitted to God and pick that bag right back up and take it with you. But the Bible says to resist the devil. I'm cutting the tie. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. I'm not being a part of that anymore. We need, as much as we submit to God, we need to resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee or you'll find freedom. So we need to make sure that we don't overlook or read past that resist the devil part. Do the things that we need to do. And here's the last one. Anytime, anytime you make changes, like can the excuses, remove that. Cut the ties, remove that. You've just created some space avoiding you. So anytime we need to take something away, we need to replace it with something. Because if we don't replace it with something, the Bible says it'll come back stronger than ever before. More friends, more things. So we need to fill the void 
Fill the void created by eliminating the excuses and by cutting the ties. Fill the void. Let's look at Ephesians 5.18. We need to put something meaningful in us. Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine. Now where it says get drunk on wine, put whatever your baggage is. Do not do this. Do not go here. Do not be a part of that. Which leads, because that will lead to debauchery. The word debauchery means an excessive, uh, an excessive indulgence in your senses. It means that your feelings and emotions will control you. If you don't do this, then you'll be controlled by your senses, is what this is saying. Instead of being controlled by your senses, be filled with the Spirit, amen? So fill the void created by canning the excuses and cutting the ties with the things of God. Now, now let me say this. You can do number one, can the excuses. You can do number two, cut the ties. But if you don't do this one right here, if you don't fill the void, that's all gonna come right back to you, and that's part of our problem. We get frustrated because we didn't fill the void. What do we fill the void with? Well, with the spirit of God or the things of God. Let's talk about how we fill the void then. Number one, you need to use God's word. What I put in place, God's word. You need to be in God's word every single day. Be in God's word. Listen, if you're just in God's word when you come to church and you're you're feeding once or twice a week, listen, it's not enough. I just get so frustrated when people saying, I'm going somewhere else because I'm not getting fed here. Well, listen, if you eat one time a week, yeah, you're gonna die. Come on. We need to be self-feeders. We need to feed ourselves the other days that we're not in church. Come on. The pastor's not meant to spoon feed you once a week. Everybody's gonna die. You can't live on eating once a week. We need to be self-feeders. Every day we need to read his word. Every day. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans. Go to the U version. I use the U version thing. Find a daily Bible reading plan. All kinds. Every day you need to put the word in you. Hebrews says the Bible is living and active and can change the things in your life. Self-feed, not just Sundays and Wednesdays. If you do that, here's what Ephesians says, Ephesians 5, that you will be washed by the cleansing of God's word. Listen, can I tell you what? We need to be washed by God's word every day of our life. You know what, I got stains. You got stains, I got stains. I got issues. I need them washed by the word of God. Hey, every day we get dirty. We're in a dirty world. Every day we need that washed out of our mind, washed off of us, out of our emotions. We need the word to come and wash us, amen? That's what the Bible does. That's what the word of God does. You need to be in his word every single day. So the things of this world can be washed off you every day by the renewing of your mind, amen? You need to fill the void with prayer. You need to fill the void with prayer. You need to be someone who prays. And I'm not talking about some kind of religious ritual. I don't mean that at all. And in fact, that's discouraging and we give up quickly at that. I'm talking about uh, having a relational uh, experience with God. Making your Christianity relational, not religious. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. Just talk to him. Just talk to him like you talk to your friend. Talk to him like you talk to your spouse. That's all he wants. Just find time to talk to him every single day. Get up a few minutes early, stay up a few minutes late, work it into your day, but find time to fill the void with prayer. A conversation with God. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says this. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings as we do, yet he did not sin. 
So let us come boldly to the throne room of of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Listen, I don't want to talk to God because I'm embarrassed. I don't want to talk to God because I've sinned again. I've let him down. My Bible says he wants you to come to him boldly so you can have grace for the things in life that you need. But I I don't know. You you know what? We, We won't go talk to, I just need to talk to someone that understands what I went through. Can I, find, can I find somebody that's been through what I'm going through? Guess what? There's only one person that knows everything about everything that's been tempted in every way, the Bible says, and his name is Jesus. He's the one person that you can always go to, if anything else, that will understand what you're facing and yet not condemn you, but give you grace for what you need in life. Amen? We need to have conversations with Jesus. Why? Because he understands. Who can I talk to that I understand? Jesus. Who's not going to judge me? Jesus. Who's gonna give me grace and help me? Jesus. Every day, have a conversation with Jesus. Fill the void. He understands. Let me give you another one. An accountability partner. An accountability partner. We need other people. You're never created to be the Lone Ranger. That is not healthy. If you're the only one who knows your secret, you're in trouble. If you're the only one who knows your secret, you are in trouble. Somebody needs to know. Somebody else needs to know. Proverbs 28, 13. Here's why. Because whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I'm just going to keep it to myself. The Bible says if you do that, you will not prosper. Hey, the word works. The word is true. If you're the only one that knows then you're in trouble. We need others to do life with. Not just God, but God's people. That's why small groups are a big deal. That's why we all need to be in a small group or life group, build those relationships where can we can pull somebody aside after a while and say, hey, can I tell you something nobody knows? Absolutely, it's safe with me. We need to get in serving teams because that'll help us also. We create environments here where people can be honest with one another through relationships. Life change happens. Listen, life change Life change happens more in a greater measure in the context of relationship than in the big meeting. As much as that pains me to say, the greater change and transformation in your life will come in a small group or small meeting as opposed to a big meeting. Because life has walked out there. Because through those relationships then, we can be open and honest with each other and not keep our secrets to ourselves. And that helps us find the freedom. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen, I confess my sins to God and you should. And I find forgiveness. When I confess my sin to somebody else, I find healing. All I need is God. I'm going to confess my sin to God. That's great. And you'll find forgiveness and he'll forgive you. But the Bible says when you confess it to another person, then healing and restoration can come. I'm just saying what the word says. We need an accountability partner to fill the void. Fill the void in us. We need that relationship. Last one. Let me give you the last one. Ministry. Ministry. Do something that makes a difference in others. Do something that makes a difference in other people. Get your eyes off ourselves and our issues or our bag. Let's look at Romans 12, 21. Here's what it says. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by baggage, but overcome baggage with good. You want to overcome baggage and not be overcome by it? Do good. Help someone. Impact somebody else's life. Serve somewhere. And then we get our eyes off ourselves, and now the more we have our eyes on helping other people with their baggage, if you will, ours becomes inconsequential to us. In fact, the Lord helps us with ours. 
So what you need to do, teach a kid. You saw in the, the, the video earlier that family serving in children's ministry. Teach kids, greet people. Get, a, get, get on a camera, sing, play an instrument, park a car, and watch that bag shrink smaller and smaller from your life because our focus isn't on that bag anymore. Our focus is on helping others with theirs. It's a principle to help you find freedom. Fill the void with God's word, with prayer, with accountability partner, and with ministry. And when you do that, you'll find yourself walking in a greater freedom. So can the excuses, cut the ties and fill the void. If you do what the word says to do, you'll find your freedom. You'll be able to let it go. No matter how long you've carried that around, you'll be able to let it go. That's God's hope and desire for you. Remember Jesus' mission came to set you free free from the bag that we've been carrying around our whole life and we can't seem to shake, from the bag that we leave at the door and it's waiting for us, the bag that's waiting for us in the car, the bag that's waiting for us in our house at work, get free from that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The starting point for everything. Everything in life is our relationship with Jesus. It is the starting point. His mission was to provide freedom for you and I. In fact, he paid a very high price price for your freedom. So that you could be free, he gave his life up. So that you wouldn't carry bags around, he took them on himself. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.